Here we are back at the Whatever It Means to You podcast. My guests today, two guests, Frazier and Chaz from Idle Hounds Brewery, one of my personal favorite local breweries. It was a lot of fun talking to them. Also, just a heads up, their anniversary party, so to speak, their fifth year, <clears throat> it's called Hound Fest, and it will be at Idle Hounds Brewery. There are very, very limited tickets remaining. So if you would like to go to that, and I would highly suggest it, uh, be sure to go pick up your tickets and please help welcome my guests today, Frazier and Chaz. From Boat Studios in Destin, Florida, it's the Whatever It Means to You podcast. It's something that most people don't like at first. With Jared Gramblin. I love my job, but I hate talking to people like you. And Shane Denton. All right, my guests today on the Whatever it Means to You podcast are Fraser and Chaz. You might know Chaz from a few episodes ago. He came on here and talked with George. But anyway, these gentlemen are here today representing Idle Hounds Brewery. Stoked to have you guys here. We were just talking. They brought us some beverages. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to wait till October to drink them because I'm doing a sober September kind of thing right now. But they brought some of the Divide and Conquer and then some Raspberry Pro. We were discussing how Divide and Conquer has become pretty much your, your bestseller. And I mean, it sits at what, like nine percent or something like that, like eight seven or something. It's eight no, percent. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of times when when beers get that high, uh, I think the sweetness overtakes it. Like if you're looking like at a ninety minute or something like that, a ninety minute can get way too sweet for me. And I think that's why Divide and Conquer is so good because it still it still tastes like an IPA. Yeah, without being too sweet, yeah, you know, it's got a good maltiness, but the hot profile kind of takes it over, and that bitterness helps kind of cut the sweetness a little bit. So yeah, it's delicious. It's one of my favorites here, for sure. Shane's Shane gets to drink the beer today. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. He's sober yeah. in October, right? <laughs> yeah. I was trying to get him to do it, and he's like, "One day a week, bro." I was like, "Nah, man, we're gonna do the whole month." <laughs> he asked me. He asked me this past Saturday. It was opening week of college football. And I'm drunk as <laughs> shit at a bar. Like, you want to get sober tomorrow? I'm like. No, never. <laughs> hey, if you're sober one day a week, that's more than a month out of the year. Come on. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I get a drink on Saturdays, right? He's like, no. Yeah. No, I don't want to do that. I should have just said yes, right? And then be like, okay, did you drink yesterday? Not drinking at trivia tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so anyway, thanks for thanks for coming back in, um, Fraser. You're, you're new to the to the podcast, so I guess yeah. we'll start with you, yeah. man. Um, sure. Obviously, if you just want to start, tell people a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got started with Idle Hounds, and you know, we can just go from there, man. Cool, um, Utah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we're both from Salt Lake City, Utah. We'll start with that. Um, I started brewing, home brewing there. I guess over ten years ago now, fifteen years ago. I'm getting old. Um, but uh, always knew I wanted to open a brewery, kind of had it in the back of my mind, and um, just kind of fine-tuned everything for a while and waited for a while to really get everything going. And I met uh, Sean Sherman, who we were talking about earlier, who was my business partner, who we opened Idle Hounds with together. Um, he left the business a few years back. Uh, we brought Chaz on initially as well with um, Sean, and we all three opened the brewery together, and we've been running it since then. Um, we moved. I moved from Utah down here. Planning to go back, but got trapped down here in the summer because I loved it. And, yeah, it's easy to um, do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I just started brewing down here, and one thing led to another, and we were able to open. And lucky enough to get the financial backing and everything we needed to open the brewery, and um, just jumped from home brewing to professional brewing pretty much overnight. So it started <laughs> out just the two of you. 
Uh, there's three of us, yeah, okay. definitely. But yeah, we're the remaining two. Um, we've added, yeah. we've added since then. We have a pretty awesome career now of seven people plus uh, two other sales and marketing team oh, wow. uh, guys offsite. So the team's growing and this, the business is growing. Everything's rock and roll. Yeah, I remember the. F- I, I recently visited there probably a couple of weeks ago, and I live all the way on this side of Destin. So unfortunately, I don't get to make it out as often as I'd like, especially that drive drinking mm-hmm. beers and then driving home doesn't always you know, work out so well for everyone. But, um, (laughs) but, uh, I, I noticed there's no more room for any more tanks in there. Like it's it's (laughs) pretty, it's jam packed. It's full. Mm -hmm. I even saw some, uh, like some other like garage doors that look Mm -hmm. like they had specific tanks Mm -hmm. in them as well. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's definitely been a lot of growth over the last, over the last few years, shoving more, shoving more tanks in there and be able to make more beer. Yep. So yeah, there's still room for more. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that was going to be um, another one of my questions down down the way, but we'll just get into it now. I mean, I, I would assume that you guys are just turning and burning as as much as possible. You can't make it fast enough, right? Yeah, I mean, especially divide and conquer right now. It's 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 our it was our flagship beer, the first beer we made, and it's I mean, we it's a, a workhorse for us. We brew it every chance we get. Every time there's an empty tank, we brew it. We turn around in under two weeks, just under two weeks. So um, we have three tanks that are pretty much dedicated for it. So those tanks wow. always have divide and conquer in them. Just turning and burning as fast as we can. Pretty yeah. Much now, are, are you all just uh, distributed in in the state of Florida now, or are you? Elsewhere. Yeah, um, mostly Florida. We're focusing in Florida. We are in Alabama, um, which is kind of you know trickling in and out. Um, and then Atlanta, we send. We have a different distributor that goes up to Atlanta, who we send kind of our mm-hmm. one-off specialty stuff and Divine and Conquer and Pills, our Ghost Crab Pilsner. Yeah, uh, do a lot of that too. Can you talk a little bit about how the how the distribution game works? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that got a giggle because that's one thing, uh, especially some of the projects that I've been trying to do lately that are related to beer. Mm -hmm. There's every, I swear, you jump through one hoop, there's seven more hoops to jump through. And, you know, I understand the whole, the the three tier system kind of thing. But if you could talk a a bit about that for our listeners who have no experience. Well, the the three tier system means basically we can't, we have to go through a middleman to distribute to uh, wholesalers or restaurants and um, bars and whatnot um, and that that's just the beginning of the game but <laughs> but yeah in Florida we have to go through a distributor and when you sign with the distributor it's a I forget the um, legal term for the contract but basically you're married to him and there's no divorces like it's Binding pretty medieval like <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean luckily I mean the distributors it's it's you know it's a two-sided coin like it's they, they want it to do well also because it makes them money, mm-hmm. um, you know, but no matter what, you have to go through them and you're sort of, you know, limited to their efforts and, and they also represent other parties and, um, you know, and it's, it's really upon the brewers and the company to represent themselves and, um, but it's, so it's, it's like, a, but also we don't, like we don't want to be driving trucks too. So, yeah. you know, it's, 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 again, it's that double-edged sword. It's really nice partnership when it's mm-hmm. a partnership, but. Other times we just feel like we're being led along, and you know. And other times we, you know, trying to fight for our right to get our beer out there. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because I'd assume that they only have so many resources that they, that they can, mm-hmm. you know, allocate right. to everyone. Yeah. 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 Let alone, let alone yours. Big portfolio, and we do well in the portfolio for the area. We do really well. Um, but you know, there's hundreds of other brands in there. Mm-hmm. Alongside and, uh, uh, yeah, I'd assume it's kind of like an artist having an agent. 
You know, and if they have like four or five artists underneath them, maybe one artist feels like they aren't getting the proper sure. attention. The, you know, mm-hmm. um, not the new guy or something gets or you know, yeah, like like yeah. So what? So one, you have basically one distributor that handles all of your stuff in the state of Florida, and then uh, no, mm-hmm. it's actually going to change um, a little bit just because uh, Goldring Golf doesn't have the footprint that's going to follow us through Florida. Um, they stop. I don't, I don't forgot what county it is, but they don't go over into Tallahassee. Okay, I think um, Franklin, the Franklin County Franklin line county. there, or something is the line. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely want to grow to more of the state. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. So when we go into other counties, we're free to pick whatever distributor is in that area. Mm. Um, so you know, end of the day, we can end up with ten, twenty different distributors. Right now, we have two, um, and we have, do have some. We did do a temporary uh, distribution thing with um, greater depths in Tallahassee to get some beer out there, and we. Uh, some distribution companies that um, we're, we're looking at. That was the beer I brought last time. That, to yeah, Beach. that that collabor that collab you did with Deep mm-hmm. Brewing Damn. is that a coincidence that their name's Deep Brewery and that the distribution is called Great Depths? Um, <laughs> I think there's some of the partners or something in the business also okay. are own a separate distributorship that they mm-hmm. distribute through, which kind of seems if you want to distribute yourself seems like the most available loophole for you is to start your own distribution company. Yeah, I know there's another local brewery that's kind of done that around here, as far as I understand, yeah. that yeah, kind of mm-hmm. used their own their mm-hmm. own distribution and just mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. push yeah. some owners around or whatever. The yeah. Sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a, a you know, greater initial investment. you got to have a truck, and if you want to do it right, you need a large cooler to hold all that mm-hmm. stuff, and you need sales force, and you know, I mean, you're paying for yeah. gas, and it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's a whole other business for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's cra- it's just crazy how how the laws work. We were talking like we were talking last time about the you called it something different. I called it the Mormon curtain. Um, the Zion, about curtain. Zion, Zion curtain. Zion curtain. <laughs> yeah, um, were there were, uh, that for those of you who maybe didn't listen to that? There's uh, a law in Utah that you aren't allowed to pour liquor at a bar in front of people. You have to go behind like a curtain to pour mixed drinks. Is now, that the at gist a bar, of it? You can pour it at a bar. You can pour it in front of people, but at like a a restaurant situation where there's like a bar or something like like we were saying like chilies or something they can't pour the prepare the drinks at the bar they have to be out of sight of the customers <laughs> yeah are there stri- were there strict like, like home brewing laws in utah like were you allowed to brew whatever you wanted or was yeah they, I surprisingly mean, there was a there was a uh, homebrew store there forever i think they opened in the 80s um it's called the beer nut i actually worked there for a couple of years uh, that's where i kind of started learning all my knowledge and on ingredients and stuff but um as far as i know the laws were not very prohibitive on homebrewing mm-hmm. um still i, I think i think homebrew is federal yeah uh, okay. carter mm-hmm. carter did it carter yeah. uh, allowed homebrewing. that was a trivia question yeah right Ooh. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so there were some states like alabama which i guess it was two years ago now three years ago just passed made it legal to homebrew <laughs> oh, really? so yeah There were some states that were were lagging, for sure. Yeah, I remember I opened up a Mellow Mushroom in Alabama in 2008, maybe, and that they were trying to campaign to to call free the hops Mm -hmm. because I don't think you were allowed to go. I got I had a Sweetwater IPA there, and I drank it, and I was like, this this isn't right. This isn't Sweetwater IPA. Give me something different. They're like, that Sweetwater IPA. I was like, bullshit. That's my that's my go to. Mm -hmm. I know what Sweetwater IPA tastes like, and they're like. 
where are you from? I was like, Florida. They're like, that's it. It had to be a percentage under. So Sweetwater yeah. had to make a specific batch yeah. of their IPA just send to Alabama. So they called it like Ugh. Free the Hops or something like that. Yeah. So I was drinking like yeah. 5.2 <laughs> IPA rather than 6.2. There's that brewery out of Utah. Uh, what are they, Uintas? Uintas, yeah. 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 Yep. yeah, they do They do some pretty good stuff. We, we used to get their yeah. stuff at Mellow all the time. Yeah. Uh, but they brew a higher percentage to put it out of state. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah they got the, the opposite. Yeah, yeah. They, Everything yeah. in Utah is what, 4%? Sell at the volume. grocery store and everything, yeah. yeah. Oh, even in Utah, the highest you can go is 4%? Well, to sell to grocery stores and... Um, like gas stations, there's a state-run liquor stores that you can sell. You can brew for whatever. Okay. Um, you just, you know, they, they, the state wants to take all that tax money, so they regulate it, but you can still make it. Um, Why is everyone so crazy? <laughs> right. Yeah, you're not there. You, if you pour something <laughs> over some percentage, can't be poured from the taps also. It has to be poured from a package bought from the state liquor store. Okay. <laughs> well, the, I mean, going back to sense. like getting back to Alabama, just the things this has nothing to do with beer, but other things that don't make sense. They were the last state in the union, uh, well, in the U.S., not the fucking union. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <talking> <laughs> in eighteen oh two, but uh, but in two, in the year two thousand, they they finally made interracial marriage legal. Oh, I thought it was later than that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, In the year? Wow. What? Wow. We've made it to the century. <laughs> now yes. we can allow this. <laughs> like, just how crazy is that? Uh, no, nah, man, it was, t- it was 2000 or 01. That was a trivia question as well. <laughs> that's a good trivia question. <laughs> everyone, everyone should know that. Yeah. <laughs> We did, we did that when, you're, when Alabama won a national championship. We just did fucked up. I just dogged them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every question was something that was just super unbecoming of Alabama. Which, to be fair, isn't isn't terribly difficult right. to do. I mean, they do yeah. it to themselves, you know? Yeah. Kind of one of those things. It's funny. Yeah. So. I, I have learned since I've been down here, though, that there are good people in Alabama, so hundred percent, hundred percent. Despite what I thought beforehand, <laughs> I've had uh, I've had some honest conversations a bit with some people. Uh, one particular gentleman who's been on here a, a couple times, uh, who's just a super, just a good person, uh, mm-hmm. forward thinking, uh, all that kind of stuff, but like diehard like Alabama fan yeah. and all that. And I'm like, well, how do you justify all of that? You know? And he said, well, it's just kind of one of those things. I wasn't around when all this stuff happened. So, but it's right. still where I'm, where I'm from, where my home mm-hmm. is, you know, I can, yeah. I can think differently and try to change things, right. you know, and all that yeah, kind absolutely. of stuff. So yeah. You need those people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. Uh, but yeah, the, I mean, the, just the, re- the reason that I've, that I even started to look that kind of stuff up was just from bartending and seeing mm-hmm. like the way some of these fans of specific college football teams acted versus other fans oh, of yeah. other programs. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> gets gets kind of crazy. Yeah. Bartending cool. opens your eyes to a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. yeah. Are are you all practice? Do you guys practice Mormon Mormonism? No. Where no. did you grow up in a Mormon family or uh, my dad's side of the family is Mormon. I wasn't raised Mormon, so I have uh, the extended family that is Mormon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's it? What's it like being raised in that just that environment? Well, it's weird. Just I mean, it was you know it was hard growing up. Not hard, but just different in Salt Lake. There's you know, they're kind of well, first of all, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, area. yeah, Salt Lake yeah. is amazing. Um, I love it. Love miss it definitely. I've only been back a couple times since I moved down here. Miss the mountains a lot. But, mm. um, yeah, I mean, 
I don't know. There's all sorts of stories of growing up there. I was, uh, my mom was, uh, she's a Southern Methodist from Montgomery, actually, and my dad's from Salt Lake City. Um, and so, I, a good uh, person from Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm um, glad we cleared that up. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's probably steaming yeah. right now. Yeah, <laughs> Roland's you know, grave actually. He, uh, he he passed away right when we opened. His, oh man, I'm sorry. No, no, it's all good. He uh, his nickname was the Hound, so that's kind of where it all came from. Oh, okay. Uh, that's where the, the brewery spawned from. Paying homage to him, uh, he helped us. Get Why was going his nickname the Hound? Uh, he, he got it growing up. Uh, it was just hound, really. It wasn't the hound. It was hound. I was mm-hmm. corrected on that a lot. Um, but, you know, I'd go, I was, I eventually became the pup by all his, you know, his friends and golf buddies and stuff. And he just got it from being a hound dog in high school, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that my mom always liked the name, but <laughs> she became Mrs. Hound. <laughs> Um, but it was great. I mean, yeah, I, I remember growing up going around Salt Lake and just people would come up to us, just randoms at dinner and stuff. And, hound, hound. Like, you know, I'd never say anything, never call him by his name, just, you know, the hound. Um, so it was, everybody in the valley, I felt like, knew him as hound. It was, it was kind of funny. But. Yeah, so he had, a, he had like a <laughs> stature in the area. Yeah, yeah, like he was yeah, known. For sure. Yeah, so he opened a um, construction business that did really well in Salt Lake, ran it for like 45 years. Mm-hmm. And then sold it in what, like 2005 or six or something, kind of right before the crash. And then they all moved down here. Um, we've been coming down here forever. That's kind of how I had my roots down here. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's he, he. He was our financial backer too. So he basically helped me get it all going. Yeah. Now, had you brewed at a at a brewery prior to that, or were you just home brewing and said? Yeah. You basically took a formula and times it times a thousand? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. (laughs) Um, No, yeah, I'd worked in the homebrew shop for a while, like I said, that had uh, definitely enlightened me to a lot of ingredients and, you know, different malts and hops and just how to make recipes work. Um, And then I took a course in England. It was a concise course in brewing at the Brew Lab uh, in Sunderland, England. (laughs) And, um, yeah, hadn't, hadn't worked in a brewery. That was only like um, a month long too, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a quick course. I, you know, I had I got placements in breweries when I was in England. Yeah. Um, so I'd go and work for a day at different <laughs> breweries, but yeah, I definitely never was on a payroll anywhere or worked extended times at a brewery. Yeah. With with chemicals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so your your big big barrels. How how many how many gallons are you brewing at a time? Like in each of those. Um, twenty. Our, so our brew house is twenty barrels. It's roughly six hundred and thirty gallons. Mm-hmm. Uh, we double that each time we brew for Divine Cocker. So we brew, you know, um, twelve hundred gallons or so each time we brew Divine Cocker. Um, the wooden barrels that we have stacked up are all about two barrels of beer. We save a lot of those for Houndsfest. And the stainless barrels are all various sizes, from twenty barrels to forty barrels. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what our total capacity is now. <laughs> have you ever ruined a whole batch? Yes. Yeah, of course yes. we have. <laughs> a few of them. Just kidding. What, how, how does that, I mean, I, I can imagine. It hurts. Let's yeah. I think we've only dumped. I mean, it's like watching just dumped. dollar bills yeah. go away. Yeah, for sure. On, on big batches of beer, I think we've only dumped two. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not so bad. I mean, it's a small still, batches, maybe small batches dozen. What caused? What caused? What's? What puts something past the point of no return? <laughs> Flavors you don't like. Uh, I mean, clearly there's 
bacterial infections and other infections you can get. <laughs> they just make it gross. Yeah, it's just like this is beer is not going to yeah. be drinkable. Yeah. Sometimes it just doesn't wasn't what you were intending to brew. You know, some mistake or some difference in the grain that you used or uh, something. You know, or your recipe just was wasn't balanced enough or whatever. You know, yeah. comes out too astringent or bitter or something like that. Reasons like that and. Yeah, we did a Baltic Porter that was um, I was really amped for. It was kind of a hard brew to make anyways, and it came out. Something happened with the yeast. It didn't attenuate all the way. It didn't ferment all the way down, and it was so dry and astringent that you just couldn't even choke it down if you tried. Yeah. So, <laughs> it wasn't, so it there's no point. Like, you can't do anything else to turn right. it into something yeah, else. Either. It can't add cherries to it. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I was going to say, how many one-offs have we yeah. gotten out of <laughs> yeah. And it's sad, too, because you have to document when you dump big batches of beer with the, the state. <laughs> so um, they come and watch they it. Come and, <laughs> and you have to wait for the, 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 them to show up, and then they film it happening. <laughs> and take photos and document it all. So it's not nightmare. only are you angry it's about just your like failure kick anyway, in the gut. you got yeah. to call these guys <laughs> to come watch yeah. you fail. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely sucks. Destroying cans. Yeah. One like good that. upside <laughs> is there's a cool uh, distillery. Ninety eight is opening next door to us. Um, they distill. They're going to be distilling vodka and all sorts of stuff. And in the future, if we do have batches that go bad, the the potential is there to instead of dumping it, distill it and mm-hmm. turn it into something. So yeah, it's not a total I don't understand loss. how all that works. But I went to a distillery in Seattle, Copperhead, and they said that they they use beer for all their. I, th- I believe is really? what they said to, to make all their spirits. Hmm. Yeah, right? Well, they yeah, technically make brew, a beer at first. Brew, yeah, you gotta brew, brew a beer. beer yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What is it? It's a distiller's beer or something like that? Yeah, it's just like a mash, basically, that builds up, um, you know, just a huge amount of sugar and makes it so the yeast in it is going to chomp it down. It's going to be like a really high ABV corn mm. beer. Yeah. But it's a mash. It's it's <clears throat> smells different, usually, because it's a lot of corn. Some people put barley in it for... The enzymes in the barley yeah, to help it convert. Did that whole mm-hmm. series where they did uh, their own uh, spirits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember drinking they some like of their dead whiskey. Guy whiskey. Yeah. They did uh, the brown yeah. was their rum, um, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. That whiskey was actually really good. Yeah. Now you can reuse yeast, correct? Mm-hmm. Is that a, that's a thing, right? Oh yeah, yeah. We that's pretty crucial, really. We um, harvest our yeast every time we brew, and it, each you know subs- subsequent batch after is kind of. You know, mimics the last batch, but it kind of grows. So the more you use it and treat it right, and you know, so it's clean, healthy environments, it gets better and better yeah. and better. And um, yeast is very expensive when you buy it from labs. Um, so you know, every time you get a second use out of it, you're kind of cutting that cost in half. Sure. You use it again, you know, and again and again and again, until it's you know good, you know, good price to be working with. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Usually, we'll yeah. you know, so yeah, it's we'll, a pretty crucial part of the process. Yeah, oh yeah, it's kind of the heart of everything. And if a beer comes out tasting a little different or something, you know, just like, not bad, but, you know, just didn't attenuate all the way or it's more too bitter, too sweet. What do you mean by attenuate? Uh, That uh, basically means, like, ferment all the way down. So the more the beer attenuates, the more the sugar has been consumed. Mm -hmm. Um, So the farther down that it goes. So basically we have two numbers. We start with, um, it's a a sugar content. That's how you measure alcohol. So we start with sugar. Let's say it's at 20 for an easy number, we add yeast. Um, that yeast chomps all that sugar down until it's at like two or three. Um, pees out your uh, alcohol. Pees out <laughs> alcohol and poops out CO2. <laughs> um, and it also consumes all sorts of other flavor compounds and spits out all this other stuff and 
reabsorb stuff and goes through all sorts of phases. But um, yeah, I kind of lost my track. Basically, <laughs> starts kicking ass, yeah, yeah. And making alcohol, yeah. and then when you get to the bottom number, uh, the difference. Uh, that's yeah. how you measure the alcohol. Yeah. How much alcohol was created. So if it's if it stops at like ten, it's not fully attenuated. If it goes to like two or three and goes all the way down, it's fully attenuated, and you have a good clean beer that doesn't yeah. have off flavors or it's not weird messed and, up in any yeah. way. And you, and you can you your different yeasts and stuff have different expe- expected uh, terminal gravity. Terminal gravity yeah. and stuff like, where like it's that. Stop, like go all the way down to. You. And so you know. You might, if you you can use something that's going to end higher if you want a sweeter beer and things like that. So that's why yeast strains are important to like okay. different styles and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Some of those flavors, like in Hefeweizens and stuff like that, those are very like specific yeast strains that put those flavors off too. So you, you know, technically can't really brew some beers you know without the specific strain mm-hmm. to get the flavors you're looking for. How do you all keep your consumption in check? <laughs> we don't. <laughs> I'm not. We're rolling two six packs everywhere we go. <laughs> right, yeah, see, yeah. Um, honestly, when it's kind of when we jumped into this game, it was like you know we didn't have much commercial experience and had sort of seen it from an outside point of view, and there was it was a you know the. I mean, honestly, like the first week was a huge shock, like <laughs> you know, and and there was some learning exciting. curves. Our our first canning day was a really exciting day and blurry, you know, in hindsight and <laughs> things like that. And, um, but you know, holding yourself to a higher standard, and the more you do it, you realize I can't run a business drunk all the time, you know, and uh, you're, and so you learn real quick, and you know, you realize that I need to just be tasting beers and not have a beer in my hand all the time, and mm-hmm. you know. Of course, I'm exaggerating, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you definitely. And some days, like I mean, honestly, some days I come to work and thought of having to taste the different beers and and check on them and things like that. Just as like I don't not want any beer right now at all. Like, yeah. And I think just the close proximity just breeds responsibility, and you know, sort of a you know, if you saw boobs all the time, they would be boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe, maybe. Don't hold me to that. Still, <laughs> still don't want to poke them. <laughs> right. I, I do still enjoy a beer. And, you know, sometimes at the end of the day, I'm just like, a beer sounds awesome. So uh, they don't get old, but you yeah. know, just the familiarity is nice. You sure. kind of get with all the beers we brew, I occasionally get palate fatigue. I mean, I, I get to where I've tasted so many different beers, just the different, the flavors are just too much. It's not that I've consumed too much. It's... Just like sick of that. Like, mm. <laughs> I want a vodka tonic. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> keep, your, keep your stash. In, keep your stash in the back. Right? <laughs> Can't admit that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where do you guys hang out when you're not? Like, do you go? Do you go elsewhere to like hang out? Do you go to bars and stuff or shades? <laughs> Is that the spot? Shades yeah. on the loop. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's almost like our cafeteria over there. I'm, I'm there a lot. And it's kind of, you know, all the local crowd, all our friends go there. Yeah. It's, I don't know if I've been to Shades. Yeah, it's great. They have great food and yeah. great beer. Food. They, they serve stuff. a lot of Divine and Conquer. Yeah. yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> There's the cheddar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's also right in my neck of the woods, right up the road. So, yeah. Most of the time we're at the brewery, though. I bet. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> Especially, you know, if owning, owning a business. I mean, you're 60, 70 hours minimum, I'm sure, yeah. you know. Some so. some weeks way more, some weeks average that. About that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, have you ever had a time when you just wanted to say, that's it, just throw the done. Towel in. <laughs> yeah. Not yet. Good. <laughs> never had any of those experiences? No, no, never. <laughs> <laughs> Walked around the tank yesterday, and I had poured a beers in the day, and went and I looked at Chaz, and he was about to be the end of his day, but he was the whole... All of the tanks were covered in yeast and hops, and his whole body was soaking wet, and it was yeast sprayed all over his whole face. Like it looked like he had just like thrown up all over himself. <laughs> just it, it was just you know one of those nights where my end of the night something explodes right in your face, and it's just like ah. It's part of it. <laughs> and I just burst out laughing. I couldn't help it. I feel I feel bad now. That <laughs> I was laughing too. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much caked myself with yeast mm. during a transfer yesterday, and. Made a huge mess and filled my boots and opened the wrong valve and just, just it's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> Shane sent me a video yesterday of uh, um, it was a smaller tank. Yeah, it was a smaller tank. Yeah, and, and, and I think homie just uh, was it on a bar stool? I'm sure something like that. And and it's just a big batch of, of, of wart and and, and he, he knocks the latch and the whole fucking thing just floats. Floats out. Just floats yeah. out. He's just, he's just standing there. Right. He, he, steps, he steps up on like a pallet. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that. We saw that. I saw like this morning. Yeah. behind. Yeah. He's like, what'd you do? He just kind of stand there. He's, he's like, just shaking his head. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's like, give me a second. <laughs> it was like that. That was all over me. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, bah! <laughs> oh, dude, I, I, dude, I just lose it. I don't know what I do. A lot of days are better than others. <laughs> um, what would you say is your best work yet? You know, of course, probably aside from Divide and Conquer, what's been your, you know, your flagship kind of thing? Yeah, what's I mean, been your like favorite one-off? Yeah, or, yeah we've certainly fine-tuned Divide. Um, I don't know. We've done so many that, I mean, Boosh kind of lives on in legend. It's uh, <laughs> I'm sure that I'm wearing, wearing the right Boosh now. shirt right now. <laughs> one of my one of my buddies is the operations director over at. Uh, I'm a Vita, so whenever he hears about Boosh, he goes and picks up and brings me a six-pack of this for sure. We, we, we made it once. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. Did we make it twice? Oh, we I tried think we officially it. made three batches. Yeah. One might have been a small batch, too. Um, we may or may not be releasing that uh, sometime in the future. October 5th. <laughs> you heard it here first. That is a, that's a whatever it means to you. Maybe. <laughs> That's not. I don't think that date specifically is going to be that much of a surprise for people because what is October fifth? It's a Hound Fest Five, our five go. year anniversary. Yeah, it's a big one. Yeah, it's, we're getting cranked for that. <laughs> yeah, do you want to explain uh, Hound Fest for people? Hound Fest, uh, it's sort of our anniversary party. Um, when we got started, it just sort of the first year was a blur. Like you know, we were just learning and so hands on and everything like. Uh, by the end of the year, we were like, you know, we should really have a throw ourselves an opening party. <laughs> and so it was sort of our one year anniversary party. And um, so now here we are, year five. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be bigger and cooler than past years. And it's, you know, you get your tickets, uh, all you can drink, um, food and stuff available. There's, um, I don't know what, if any official numbers have been released yet. So I'm going to say, over five bottle releases from our Barrel Age series. <laughs> it's certainly going to be a bunch. Um, uh, under 15. Yeah. <laughs> under five and under 15. <laughs> yeah, let me check real quick. There'll be a lot of can releases now. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Are tickets still available to this? Uh, yes. Or is it sold out? Yep. I know it sells out. I believe right? the, the, the VIP might be sold out. There's two tiers of VIP. Um, the first tier gets two bottles and 
early admittance with the, there's a brunch before with some uh, some music and then the second tier gets four bottles these are all our specialty one-off bottles um, they're all coming from single barrels so pretty much everything we give out for VIP that's going to be all there is of that beer um, mm. so it's super rare and limited um, you know we're gonna have it's kind of sad we 150 tickets and we each batch so far we've had like 162 bottles or something so, <laughs> so none left over like, for you yeah, yeah. there's like 12 <laughs> bottles for all of us what? <laughs> you had to play paper rock scissors yeah. for your own shit usually we try to, I try to grab like a case of that stuff and sip it through the whole year but <laughs> at least yeah. So, so you think both the tiers of the VIPs are sold out, or uh, we had fifteen tickets left about five days ago. Okay. Um, I can double. I could double check if yeah. we're sold out. It's close, people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, before before we put this out, Shane's gonna hop on and see if there's two available. <laughs> <laughs> Real quick. Excellent. Yeah, I've, I've heard great. Th- I've heard great things about it, man. I've not been able to make it to one yet, but I know it's a. I know it's a thing. I know it all. Like it always sells out. And yeah, it's fun. Let's just come out and do just, it. It's just a big party. It's I mean, fun. it's got to be cool to see that many people that excited about what you're doing too. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, it always ends with you know, a happy, emotional night. Just like I can't believe it. Five years. Like, three years. Five years. All these people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. It's, we, we're super lucky for the support that we get from the community. Um, a lot of our current employees are people who've been there in the past and seen Houndfest and just wanted to be a part of what we were doing and things like that. Yeah, it's kind of crazy when, if I started another business, it'd be it'd, uh, it'd be something like selling staplers. It'd be something that I'm not passionate about at all. <laughs> Just so every decision I can make can be rooted in complete rationality. Yeah. And the bottom line is bottom exactly. line. Exactly. I swear to God, because I've worked to, I've worked with bands, you know, I've worked yeah. with artists. I'm I'm developing a TV show right now, and you like you can't you cannot remove yourself from it. Yeah, like you you just overthink a mm. lot of it. And I'm, I'm speaking for myself. I'm not sure. speaking for you all. But like, it if it's something you're passionate about, a mm. lot of times you have to question yourself several times. Am I thinking rationally right now? Or am I just thinking this way because I love what I'm doing? Because I love the product I'm making. I love the stuff that I'm working yeah. with. Like, do you have those conversations with yourself pretty frequently? Oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> the hops for me are a, a big one because I just love hops. I love the smell of them. I love brewing with them. And the price of them are, are skyrocketing right now. Mm-hmm. So certain varieties like Galaxy and Citra that are used to be you know, fifteen, sixteen dollars a pound, or now like fifty dollars a pound. Yeah. So, but I still I've every day I'm like, should I buy that? this? Should I not buy you know? it? I usually don't buy it. But. I've heard some <laughs> theories on on hot price, yeah. and I've I don't know if this is true or not. This is all speculation. Y'all might have some insight, but I've I've heard that some of the big dogs who weren't able to purchase a lot of these other breweries, like for example, what Ballast Point did with Corona, mm. um, which great deal for them. Those, those dudes cashed out. They're living fat. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. a lot of these breweries who wanted to stay independent. Doing those things on their own, a lot of these, a lot of these bigger companies have gone to buying hop farms, rather sure. than because breweries wouldn't sell. So instead, they're buying the hop farms, which in turn has driven up the price. Is that accurate at all? 
Uh, and so before sure you answer that, strains. I'm sorry. They, if, yeah. if, if our listeners are hearing a hellacious noise right now, I'm really not sure what's going on. Shay went out to investigate. We do share a building with other people, so I feel like people are drilling downstairs or something. I apologize, guys. Shay will do his best in post-production to knock some of that out. Um, take it right out. That'll happen. He's like some of the highs or something, man. I don't know. <laughs> Shit. Uh, but anyway, is there any truth to that, or or is that speculation? Is that just something I've heard from other brewers? I mean, I've, I feel like I've kind of heard talk of that, but I don't know any specifics on larger companies that have purchased hop farms. I interestingly, interestingly enough, I got an email this morning that I didn't open that said it was from my hop supplier, YCH Hop Union, the, the biggest one, um, saying that there's four new owners to the whole company. So I don't, maybe there's something happened there, but mm. yeah, I don't know. There is a lot of, a lot of hop farms that, you know, just that are very proprietary have strains that are very specific to their name and could probably sell for any, anything. I mean, they could name a dollar amount mm. and they could probably sell it, you know, galaxy farms and stuff like that. And okay. some of them though, the big ones are in New Zealand and Australia. You know, a lot of the, the hops that I'm talking about are not domestic hops. Some of them are, um, but I can see that happening. Makes perfect sense. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm the same. I'm the same with you with hops. Though I recently visited Sweetwater and they brought me into their hop cooler, yeah. and just walking in there and I didn't see anything. Just the smell of that room and like the cool smell of everything. Yeah. Like I almost got a little emotional. Yeah, you're like that's beautiful. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah I, I often moan means. and make well, hops are uh, a, a cannabinoid. They're in the same family, right? So maybe oh, yeah. that's just what it is for me. Maybe. <laughs> Make you smiley. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a fan of those I mean, in general. This it's pretty much like catnip to horses, isn't it? Something yeah. like that. Like, it's supposed to be a calming yeah, thing to horses. Thing yeah. Okay. CBD for horses, you know? <laughs> Helps with that joint pain. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Shane's our fact checker. Right. Yeah. I'm going to look that yeah. up. You're full of shit. Right. Was bad. Hops are bad for dogs, though. So it's kind of yeah. weird. It's all over the place. Like, hmm. yeah. Yeah. I wonder about uh, my dog, Sasha. I was, she liked the sweeter beers, like the darker stuff. If it was too hoppy, like, she turned her nose up to it. So mm. <laughs> she knew what not to drink. Mm. <laughs> That's funny. Made, she may make beer for dogs. Yeah, I, I picked up one of those bottles one time. We were in New Orleans or something. It was like an unhopped. It was just like wort, kind of carb, like weird carbonated wort. <laughs> no hops in it. No hops. <laughs> wow. So, um, so what's next? I mean, are there plans for you know, just keep on trucking? Or, I mean, what's, uh, what's big picture? I mean, I know you can't probably talk too much about a lot of the things you have going on. but Yeah, I mean, we're just trying to keep up, really. Um, we have a lot of room for growth in our building where we are um i think the markets if we you know we're going to jump into some other markets here and be able to grow into it but we have plenty of room for a whole bunch more tanks at the brewery uh and we're sitting on about half the lot too so we can once we do grow enough we can either build another building back there or just extend the building we have currently and mm-hmm. in terms of just production future growth that's kind of where we're looking um a brew pub would be awesome coming down the road someday it's kind of nothing in the plans yet, but the talks are kind of starting to s- spawn around. Sure. Um, I think that would be great for us, just a dedicated Idlehounds brew pub somewhere. I might try to work something out like that yeah. in the next few years. But 
Yeah, so are you able just to concentrate on brewing, or are you guys still just like, are you kind of a jack of all trades? Do you kind of handle everything? Yeah, we've all, all become that. <laughs> Definitely, I, I, yeah. I went more towards the paint bills and paperwork side and permitting and licensing and putting recipes together and brewing hot side stuff, and Chaz went more towards the cold side, packaging, doing every single thing in the brewery. Yeah. <laughs> Cleaning. <laughs> Lots of cleaning. <laughs> no, but it's crazy just looking back about, you know, years, years back from how much we've learned um, and what we can do now, what we're capable of. You know, five years ago, it's just, we didn't know what we were doing, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm definitely a fan, for sure. Um, definitely appreciate you guys coming on. Best of luck at Hounds Fest and everything else. Uh, is there anything else our listeners should know? But anything they should know about Idle Hounds that we haven't discussed? I just I don't know it doesn't get put out there enough maybe but I mean our philosophy is is the beer first you know when we when we brew something when we build a recipe when someone asks us to brew a beer for them you know we worry and think about the beer first and not every single one of our beers is perfect that makes it out the door but you know it we definitely put our heart and soul into it and you know, and if, if we don't like the final product, you can, you better believe it's not going to make it outside of our mm-hmm. doors. So for sure. <clears throat> that was, well, I guess I'll, this will be my last question. Then, and, I, and I've wondered this several times. I've seen collabs everywhere now. It seems to be a more common thing. I don't know if that's just because there's so many more breweries now, or if it's because you're sharing ideas or, or what, but how does that normally work? Like, will <laughs> you, uh, will you say, okay, we'll, we'll front this kind of money on ingredients and stuff. You brew it at your place and, Yep, <laughs> your distributor's different than mine. Like, yeah, I mean, pretty much so far. You know, so you know, the idea typically is to do one at your brewery and then do one at the other brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, ingredients and stuff are just worked out, and the collaboration is cool. You always learn something going to another brewery, no matter what. Even if you go not to learn, just seeing other breweries and talking to other brewers and their perspectives, you always pick something up. So, it's just the nature of the industry, definitely because there's more breweries now. I mm-hmm. think so. That's a big part of it. But also, I think the consumer wants something new every time. So it's you know you're almost you know you're like helping two breweries out at, at once, putting something new into their market. Um, yeah, it does help you touch into other markets. Also, you might be going into in the future for us you know when we first went to Alabama we you know did the, we did a collab with trim tab and that was you know that really helped propel us on our first launch that we did there because we released that beer right when we right when the trim tab collab was ready to go to mm-hmm. market so it's you know there's all sorts of angles lining up behind doing collabs which sure. is it's fun it's cool. street cred <laughs> yeah definitely as the street cred <laughs> yeah, yeah I guess that yeah it's like when, when rappers you know, featuring with Eminem. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I didn't know you guys did with Trim Tab. What what beer did you do with Trim Tab? Uh, that was a Playdate. Okay. It was a pale ale brewed with lemon no, it was drop. IPL wasn't it? Was it the IPL? Yeah. Oh yeah, it was IPL. India Pale Lager, brewed with a uh, lemon drop and Denali hops. So it was kind of like heavily dry hop lager. It's tasty. Good. Nice and dry. Good yeah. Crisp bite to it. Yeah, I remember you guys the the Citra Dippa that you guys did. That was delicious. Yeah, yeah. I was a fan of that. Yeah. Um, Still waiting on Trim Tab to come down too to finish the collab. By the way, uh oh, <laughs> uh oh. Anyone knows anyone from Trim Tab? What's Harris. Up? What's up, Trim? <laughs> I think we have some Alabama yeah. listeners. Not anymore. <laughs> they quit about ten minutes in. <laughs> There's some good people in Alabama. <laughs> 
<laughs> show yourself. Um, what what larger scale breweries do you guys still enjoy? Do you, do you still think are being creative and doing cool things? Like not to just not to give other people props. It shows about you guys and all that. But I'd be interested to know. You know, still in the craft beer world. But yeah. what other breweries you guys enjoy drinking? I, mean, I keep my eye on a lot of a lot of breweries just on social media. But you know, for crafty new stuff, I'm always the Vale is awesome. They do really good good stouts and sours, and their beers are always beautiful looking. So they mm-hmm. just make me want to look at them. But um, Firestone Walker is always the top of my list. Best breweries for sure. Cool. Um, I really like those California, West Coast, old school powerhouse breweries. Like yeah. that. Like, Rogue. Uh, Firestone definitely has always been like from day one, like my favorite. Um, you know, the great ones, obviously, Hill Farmstead. But we get so many breweries, beers just brought to us at the brewery. It's kind of crazy. I lose track of all of them at this point. I mean, <laughs> what? Like people just bring them to you? Or yeah, just trade beers and trade. Okay. And from all, since we're, you know, the area that we are, people. You know, come to town from all over the country. Hey, world. Mm. I'm from Chicago. You know, here's some beers. Cooler full of beer. For here's you a guys. sticker. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Yeah, it's really it's yeah. really nice actually. I really like it. It's a good way to interact with customers and you know show them we're. I mean, we we appreciate our craft. We don't just appreciate you know our beers. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, so it's really you know it's really fun and unique. To share people always bring stuff from other countries and stuff too. Someone brought two beers from Finland, which was awesome and excited to drink. It's just different experiences. Beer's a real regional thing. You know, everyone makes it a little different and experience different, even at different times. But, you know, sharing that is cool. Well, yeah, because it's not just, you aren't just drinking a beer. There's so much behind it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's stories, there's culture. Yeah. You know. Where it came from. Yeah. Yeah, there's reasons that this one's 4%. Right. You know, (laughs) there's there's stories. Or brewed in the fall. There's stories behind it. Yeah, man, that's the real cool thing about that. Um, what brewery do you think is just dot dot? No, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> We won't do that. Only positivity here on the podcast. Well, cool. cool. I, thanks for coming in, guys. I definitely appreciate it. I'm definitely a fan of what you're doing. Best of luck. And uh, I got I have Hounds Fest on my calendar, so awesome. I'll see you guys yeah. there for well, sure. Appreciate it. So, thanks for coming in, guys. Yeah, you can do a live you. podcast from there if you want. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how good that goes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get you guys on there about 7 p.m. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how good that one goes. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk some real. We'll talk some real things. This one might be deleted. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Take care, guys. Cheers. My heart was always telling me how I felt. My car was always telling me to put on my seatbelt. Stop sign is always telling me to stop. And half a mile later, I get the same thing from that cop. The world is always telling me what to do. Don't hold your breath until your face turns blue. Don't drink, don't smoke, don't do crack cocaine. Don't jump without a parachute out of a plane. Don't drink your craft beers through your plastic straws. Don't support gun rights or gun control laws. Don't go to a funeral pretending you're dead. Don't name your kid Richard if your last name's Head. Don't go up in the dirigible or down with the ship. Don't request wagon wheel if you're not gonna tip. There's a whole lot of don'ts, but there's one big do. Listen to this podcast, whatever it means.